Greetings, Trouble listeners. I am Renee Coleman, and this is the Trouble Men Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, the original Trouble Man for Trouble Times, future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. A very you. positive response positive early on response. here. response, yes, yes, okay. How are you, Renee? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Yeah. Doing good. You know, had the, it... it uh, had a couple of geraniums gigs this week, you know. Uh, Brendan Gallagher was in town, back in town. So, did you uh, sing Connie's Girl? Yeah, we sure did. We did that. We did uh, I'm Gonna Drink Canada Dry. Okay. It's one of our big all numbers. Right. Well, we good. Did, uh, yeah. did all the favorites. Um, How was your week? Uh, good. I'm still doing the physical therapy. I'm still in a lot of pain at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you seem like you're handling it better. Like you're yeah, just getting yeah. to the acceptance part of, of yeah. the grieving process. Yeah. What, what's like the, the, your health? the, the, the NA stuff? Steps, the, the steps, you got acceptance and then, you know, well, giving over to the uh, anger, anger and, and all that denial. kind of stuff. And then <laughs> I, I just don't think I'm going to get to that ninth step where I'm going to have to apologize for anybody and yeah, to, well, to anybody. Gonna, and make amends. You're not yeah. going to have to, it's not going to get to that point. Yeah. So yeah, I had a good week. Uh, the weekend was good. It was my, it was a good weekend off. Uh, you know, Nation knows that I did this whole addition to my house and yes. we were living like pack rats and stuff. Right. So the, our office is still filled with boxes. Okay. And I found these boxes and I was going through these boxes and it was all my daughter's like early childhood stuff. Mm-hmm. We were going through this stuff. Well, do we keep this? Do we throw this away? Yes. You know, the, all this memorabilia. Stuff. Right. You know, she's my only kid so yeah. I want to keep as much as possible. Sure. So I'm going through all this school stuff from like her, from kindergarten to like fourth grade. Uh-huh. Going through all this stuff and there's all these pictures of all these school events and she's posing with my wife She's posing with other friends' parents, uh-huh. you, know, you know. There's not one picture of me. Because <laughs> you're taking all the pictures, No, right? no, no, oh, no. Never I there. just realized I just didn't show up to these events. <laughs> Absentee and then there's, I, And then I was flipping through this folder, flipping through this folder, one of the crawfish boils, you know, the fundraisers. Yeah, okay, is there a sniper here or something? <laughs> no, I was cruising... You know, going through this one folder of one of the events. Uh, your kids went to the same school. Yes, yes. Yeah. And there's a picture of you and my daughter. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? Well, you know, she would invite me to all of well, her Well, yeah, events, because you, know? you used to play the events and stuff yes, like that. Yes. You know, you were one of the dad bands kind of thing. Yes, and well, you know, I was someone who I realized how quickly my children's childhood was going to go by so yeah. i was there for all the stuff i would right. go and help out in class i would go and help and help out on on during recess well just I, to see my son i think at one of the festivals of big fundraisers where you were playing with the dad's band okay uh i i talked to you but i'll never forget this it was like the one thing the school could agree on was never to have me perform. <laughs> that was the one thing. They'd seen your act. Yeah, they'd seen my act. I was like, it's no, no, because I'd offer to MC the shows yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's, they, it's more for the late show, right. which they don't actually But I, have. I just yeah. found it hilarious. I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing of me at any of these school functions. <laughs> and then there's you and your wife and my daughter, you know, in a picture together. Well, that's nice. You yeah. Know, it's, 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 you know. But anyway, uh, let's, let's cut to the chase. We yes. have a really yes, good guest. Incredible guest, incredible guest. Unless you have something to talk about. No, no, no. I know. I want to get right to him because because he's uh, he's rare and a go, rare and a go. Yeah, yeah. We we had to had to had to calm him down just so he would. He's like Slim Pickens on the bomb. You know, during Doctor Strange Love. (laughs) All right. Okay. So uh, many have called our guest the greatest New Orleans chess master since Paul Morphy. 
He's a two-time Guinness Book record holder for uh, most simultaneous chess games played. Uh, the first time he broke it was, was like in uh, 74 with uh, 117 simultaneous chess games played. Uh, then he broke it again in 76 with 179 chess games played. Just him against 179 opponents. Same Jeez. time. Crazy, crazy. He's... Uh, he's made a career his whole life uh, hustling chess, teaching chess, writing about chess. Um, we'll get into all the details. Uh, without further ado, the man in the red beret, Jude Akers. Welcome, Jude. Hello, Renee the Great and Chevrolet. You're going to get it, too. Oh. <laughs> all, right. Okay. All, right. all right. There are two I questions. I don't know if that's a good right. thing. <laughs> I want to say fun, but there are two questions, and I yes. told you both I'm burning to get to it. Number yes. one, of the seminal person in your life. I'm a creature of New Orleans streets. I've got a person for you. Man, do I have a person. And then the second thing I want to talk about, mainly from the Coppola, the Coppola era, where one week uh, he was going to be fired. He got incredibly lucky and made the godfather. I'm interested in luck in the arts. You know, I can give you several examples and there's an obscure group in Dallas called the five Americans which contrasts to the iguanas but the first thing that I want to do is as a troubled man uh, the question I want to ask you is do you have a seminal person uh, Derek Bridges of KD video knows what's coming up very very simple you are speaking gentlemen to the fifth grade Gentilly Terrace elementary school New Orleans Spelling Bee Champion in the fifth grade in 1956. Nice. My mother was ahead of school. twenty ahead of 29 girls, two of whom, more than half a century later, still come to my chess table in New Orleans and accuse me of cheating using a dictionary. <laughs> now, gentlemen, I'm going to take you for Called one serious grapes. moment to a classroom, yes. absolutely the most important event of my life. Nice. I'm a little kid. Just pretend my father is an alcoholic who fought World War II, got a Bronze Star, but never got out of it alive, really emotionally and that he's going under. My mother was killed. I never even saw her. She was killed in a plane crash. Mm. Everything on paper is really bad. And now, gentlemen, we've got to go to the fifth grade class the day after the spelling bee. And if you've got anybody like this, Manny or Renee, I want to hear about it. I'm really interested. The seminal person, the shining star. I'm sitting in the classroom. I read sometimes when the teacher calls on me. There she is. She's about, oh, 60 with old folk, folk foggy glasses. She has a Puritan black dress on from head to toe. No ankle even showing. Puritan shoes. Um, ridiculously square. She has these old funky, like yours, Manny. Manny's old type, funky though. glasses. He likes, he likes women like that. And so, and so anyway, I have no idea what's coming. I, I know that I'm just barely coping, barely alive, going to the library, reading whatever I can about chess and everything else. And Manny, all of a sudden, she goes boom, boom, boom with her finger, crooked finger. Mr. Akers, will you take this all the way across the green to Mr. Palmer's office at the Gentilly Terrace Elementary School in New Orleans, Louisiana? And I said, yes, ma'am. And so I take the envelope in the most magnificent penmanship written by God herself, <laughs> and, uh, and it's naturally left open so I can read it. So I run into the, neck, the annex all the way across the green to Mr. Palmer, the principal's office. I open it up, and, and suddenly in this magnificent penmanship, Mr. Palmer, I was wrong about this remarkable person. Uh, he is very gifted. He is constantly reading and are trying to better himself. What a remarkable young man. Signed, Mrs. Segan. I know nothing about her, but I, I was in awe. I put the letter back, gave it to the principal, ran back to the, to, the, um, to the classroom. Nothing was right. My whole world was crashing down. But I sat up erect in the chair, and man, I was rocking and rolling from that moment on. Mrs. Egan, one teacher. Do you have anybody like that, Manny? 
Nice. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What'd you say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do I have? No, I, I, I kid with you. <laughs> you went to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, I went to the Bahamas for a second there. Um, do I have anyone in my life that besides uh, me, man? Yeah, besides you, um, <laughs> it's made a difference. Yeah, uh, that's made a difference for to the me. positive. A positive difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that your question? Yes. After, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's um, it. Who hit you like a bomb? Um, there was a school. There was a teacher in my life, uh, a history teacher, uh, Mrs. Tolton, an eighth grade history teacher, U.S. history teacher, who was. The meanest lady. I mean, she was just brutal. When I went to a, a, a junior high that was, you know, black, Mexican, his, uh, Japanese, white, Jew. I mean, this was a mixed. Mixed part. Bad. Yeah, lots of gangs and stuff like that. It was rough. You know, I, I, if I got... Rough, I tell you. Yeah, if I got home without getting in a scrape, then, you know, I felt good about good day, myself. Good day. And she um she she was so mean she was as mean as some of my classmates you know with the fights and all that but um she was so mean that i listened constantly to her i mean it was just like you know you had to listen to her if you did, if you just nodded off in class you know you would just get like you know hit in the back of the neck you know that kind of stuff um but there was the final grade after two semesters with this U- U- us history teacher um uh i guess i listened because the final, I took this final test, and she was, of course, it's like Friday at the end of the, end of the day, and she says, she says, you know, I'm very disappointed, really disappointed with everyone except one person in this class, except one person in this class. She goes, basically, I failed everyone except for this one person in this class. And I'm thinking, well, I failed. I fucked up. I failed, you know. You know, I'm going to have to forge my report card again. again. <laughs> you know, and she goes, and I'm going to just say, there was, you know, it's like, you know, L.A. Public School District, there's way overcrowded. There's like 35 kids in the class and stuff like that. She goes, I've got, you know, 22 Fs, about eight Ds, a couple of Cs, but one A plus, one A plus. Wow. And I'm looking at my, I'm looking at the girl, uh, Jill McKnight, I think was her <laughs> name. I go, well, she's got the A plus. Yeah, right. I mean, she, she, she's a straight A student, stuff like that. She goes, Manny, will you stand up? And I was like, I was like, what the fuck, me? <laughs> me? So she was someone who, like, basically, you know, in her own way, she touched me because she made me a better student because I actually did the work. It's a fabulous story. Yeah, I did Renee, the work. Renee, I'm a troubled yeah. man. Spill it. Tell me about one person who hit you like a bomb. Um, you know, if we're talking about, about uh, one person, I could get to that. It, you know, a, a similar uh Sort of dynamic, though, I would say that uh, if we're going back to, to school experience, um, you know, my, my father always uh, told me how stupid I was, and, so, and I believed it. And, and you know, there's plenty of evidence that he could, he could dem- demonstrate <laughs> to yeah. back that up. But, uh, and, and then in, in uh, fourth grade, I guess, they were, they were saying, well, we're starting this new class, and it's, it's going to be for, you know, people that are that you know are, are doing well it's a bit of a gifted class or something and then they and, I'm, and again i'm thinking well this is definitely not me <laughs> right because you're stupid because i'm stupid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i asked my father he'll yeah. tell you um 
He told me yesterday. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. No, he would still, he would still, te- he, he continues to use that that terminology. It's it's really good to to tell that to children. I find it's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, and then they called my name. I thought, wow, this there must be some mistake. Here. Right. Well, that's what I thought too. When Miss Tolton <laughs> said, "Manny, stand up," you know, and I was just like, "What?" what right, the, right. The right. only other person who did that to me in my life. Was remember Chuck Barris, the host of the Gong Show? Oh yeah, I love Chuck. He Barris. touched me. I oh. said, I said to myself, "Well, this is a guy who's making like what Johnny Rotten said, cash through chaos or whatever. Yes, yes. He's just having chaos on a thirty-minute game show, and I loved it. And I loved it. Yeah. And, 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 and he was a spy show. too. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was a spy. But if I had to say like one other person, I guess maybe like Ellis Marcellus. You know, when I when I got to uh, to Noka my senior year of, of high school. I'd already been playing professionally for several years, and uh, one thing he said to you that bombed you. Um, well, I mean, he, in the hallway by the coffee. Well, we 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 were playing a tune, and he goes, "Man, we got to address your lines." He goes, "We got to deal with this, man." He, he he goes, "I can tell you've you've had a lot of experience playing," and he goes, "And probably most people can't hear what's going on there, but I hear it." Okay. Oh, okay. So, Renee. Yes. Um. Who's your hosting son, this show? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Um, just one more thing. Your son, who did a paper on Morphe and so on, yes, and yes. Uh, I, you know, I did massive uh, talk with him in the Cafe du Monde. Yes, thank you. He purposely kept from you, and I'm keeping from you until this moment, the nuclear experience I went through in um, Virgin Megastore. I don't know you really well and only met you really after Hurricane Katrina. But I went through a nuclear experience with the iguanas and oh. you, and I want to tell you the background briefly. Okay. I'll take you to several examples. Grace Slick and the High Society playing for virtually nothing in Golden Gate Park, where the man handling the wire happens to be multimillionaire-to-be Bill Graham, who then a year later gets Fulmer West and a powerful connection for Graceslick and the High Society, who, of course, is going to do White Rabbit with um, the Jefferson Airplane a year uh, later, before I even get to San Francisco, but operating out of the coffee gallery, which I virtually lived in. Now, what I'm going to tell you is the honest-to-God truth, and I'm going to give you three and tell you exactly where the iguanas took me in Virgin Megastore and and how I realize the stakes and this is you didn't you can't see it this raw or you don't want to see it this raw but this was what was coming okay number one grace slick was hated by many of the crew members of the jefferson airplane it was an all male guy road work right. grace slick wasn't taking anything from anybody and she didn't care if she made any money or not she right. was writing her own songs 30 days before Suddenly, Marty Ballon said, we need somebody good. And their master um, guitar player, Jeremiah, said, um, uh, we need somebody really good. We're getting uh, Grace Slick. And so they, she was the only female member of the Jefferson Airplane. They get her there 30 days before the Jefferson Airplane hauled her in. Without their knowledge, in the coffee gallery, she wrote with very, just a few members of high society, White Rabbit. She doesn't tell them anything about it. They hire her, and in 40 days, they have a million-second record called White Rabbit, which was their only monster airplay for all time, totally by luck. It was totally luck. Number two, I'm going to take you to the Five Americans in Dallas, Texas, Uh a bubblegum group. It was easy to laugh now, but the stakes were the iguanas and the the Five Americans of circa 1965 are exactly the same, and I knew it, although you possibly don't see it that raw. Okay, the Five Americans in Dallas had retired. They'd done bubblegum music all over Dallas, Texas. We're successful fraternity band, bar band, all over Texas. Now they go off to school. Nothing is happening. An obscure record called I See the Light, not one remotely their best, is suddenly played by a DJ. They're retired. They're off in medical school, etc. 
he in Chicago, a WLS Chicago, suddenly suddenly plays them. Puts I see the light, which is a very minor record okay. in the history of the Five Americans. Okay. They immediately are pulled out of um, out of a medical school, and they hit with Western Union. Things went wrong today. Bad news came away. I woke up to find that I had in my mind. Zip code. Um, uh, and uh, one of my top 21 road sons of all time, Evil Not Love. All in the period of 600 days. Oh, wow. It was all pure luck. If the DJ, for some reason, no one knows, all night. And now comes the iguanas. Here's what, what, what I knew. I was standing in Virgin Megastore, listening on headphones like I've got on now. Right. And, and so there I am. And suddenly, plastic... Silver nine volt heart comes over on the radio. I've met, I've seen live bands. I've seen hundreds of concerts. The best in the world. I told John Fogarty he would never make it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, two <laughs> months two months before Proud Mary, something I'd never heard hit in San Francisco. I know pop music reasonably well. And you I were knew at the Altamont, stakes. right? I heard Plastic Silver. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was there. He was, Plas- at, he was at Altamont. Uh, Plastic Silver nine volt hold. I knew immediately that was a middle of the road hit. Your White Rabbit okay. for elderly people, all generations. And I knew this is it. Whether the iguanas will go top ten, number one, is totally on, dependent on one thing. And I listened. I heard the first kisses for free once again. Now the other thing I knew is that people. I had gone to a coffee shop and seen the iguanas at their best. And have you noticed that the iguana people dance to the iguanas? Have you noticed Careful this? Have you noticed this? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's one reason that that the iguanas have always been able to work, or particularly you know, like when we were playing multiple times okay. a week in New Orleans, because you know if if it's just like a listening kind of thing, then people will see it once a month maybe. But yeah, if they dance, so I know from the evolution of the five Americans booking them at the state fair with Sam Mantel and Baton Rouge. Well, I'm a student. What's involved? And here was my question. Mm-hmm. Would the iguanas, by a miracle, get nighttime airplay on trucker radio stations, on nighttime airplay like WLS, that is life and death to the iguanas as far as a world mega group? And, and I knew at that moment it all depended on plastic silver and on um, first kisses for free. And I swear to you, it's totally luck whether it goes on nighttime airwaves across the country. Today, you could put a sampler or the whole cut on worldwide internet and break it. But then you were absolutely helpless. You had to get airplay just uh, 15 years ago uh, for plastic. It was a monster. And you know, well, the commercial, you. if you simply look at, if you look at Plastic Silver, 9-volt halt, you get a, a record that is totally unlike all of the other iguana material. Huh, it floats for small children, um, all audiences, and it's harmless. It is absolutely, it, it doesn't have to be censored, and it's mind-blowing. And so I felt, well, it is, and so I am arguing I'm very seriously arguing uh, that the artist, um, I mentioned Michael Gladys of Mad Men, who got Mad Men after marrying um, um, Bears, Beth Bears. They both got monster hits. Two, uh, three weeks later, five months later, she was a nanny, and he was just doing minor auditions. She auditioned six times, and she gets um, um, her... her uh, Six, you know, her month. Can can we get you another cup of coffee? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so my question is, my question is, okay. what is the element of luck? And I'm going to give you one more with Coppola later. So, so tell me, Manny, what is the element of luck? What's in success? the element of luck? Well, you know, I'm a gambling kind of guy. I, I, I'm a degenerate gambler at times in my life, and 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 luck. Uh, I 
you know, I don't, you know, I, I mean, don't know. I rode here with Manny. I'm lucky to yeah, be here. Lucky, Franklin, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, he's lucky to be here. Uh, you know, <sighs> I'm just lucky to be alive. Uh, you know, the life I led the past, yes. you know, before I met my wife, the life I led was a very, very, very sketchy lifestyle. You know, drugs with strangers. So and meeting your wife was pure luck? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. What well, was a miracle? I guess. Stop right yeah, there. Yeah. Stop right there. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna stop. If she doesn't find you, if she, <laughs> if she doesn't find you, you probably don't make it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Oh In no, fact, Penny, Penny still makes it. I, I think. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like a cockroach. I'm know? a cockroach. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, Keith, I'm Keith Richards, man. Yeah. Renee, know? Renee. Uh, yes. Uh, hundreds upon hundreds of gigs. A mega <laughs> regional group. Um, one of the monster cultural bands in New Orleans history, unquestionably will be played 100 years from now, particularly um, the first oh, kisses for years. And, 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 no, no. Pretty optimistic and, about the planet, huh? And, uh, <laughs> and plastic, uh, silver, nine-volt heart. Now, m- be honest. Be honest. Uh, this is not a high school band. What gave you, let's, let's face it, this is one of the mega things since World War II that happened in New Orleans. Everybody knows the iguanas. Um, uh, CEO of uh, Gary Sharp of North Carolina, who has my roadwork, he knew instantly who you were and heard you on the radio. Oh, okay. Um, and, okay. And so, and I mean, you are known. Sure, well, sure, sure. So what, what gave you a mega break locally at least? Um, Renee, yeah. you haven't thought about it at all. Oh, a person, no, no, no. A person who doesn't Listen, know. I think you, you thought about it. What is your, what is your and moment? Suddenly, and suddenly, plastic nine volt heart comes on, and you know the group is a monster, a mother. And you know this. And so, what happens is, uh, see, you're into it personally. Was there anything along the way that separated you from a high school band who never made it? Well, here's the thing about bands, and I'm very into the alchemy of bands. Like, what makes. A group work together. You could look at the Rolling Stones. Well, I could tell you what's wrong with everybody in the Rolling Stones, but you go one, two, three, four, and they all play together, and they make a sound that is not very. I mean, you can't duplicate it. You know, it's one thing like the Beatles; they're very good. Uh, you know, great songs. There's a lot of like cover bands that can emulate the Beatles and sound pretty close to what they do. You know, I mean, they're if they're good musicians and you know they figure out the songs and all. There's almost nobody that can really duplicate what the Stones do. And that has to do, you know, I, I don't want to undersell the Beatles, the magic of, of their combo, because they had the same thing. That you, know, you go one, two, three, four, and they sounded like a band. Well, yeah, it's, what's that synchronicity, whatever they call it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, and, and you think, well, this one guy, he's not so great. You could get rid of him, and it would be, make the band better. That might ruin the band, getting rid of that one well, guy, yeah. because he brings well, something I totally that agree, balances like, everything. But then again, there's like my band that I had for a couple of years right. that was very popular in the L.A. scene for yes. a while. Two Free Stooges. Yeah, Two Free Stooges. I mean, I have recordings of the band, and I've seen some of the video posted on YouTube, and there's just, there's a moment... Like, there's one gig that's, like, amazing, and you can never reach that gig again. Well, that, yeah, is, that is a very... Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. And, 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 and my band had that. My band had that. There was moments where the gig was just, this was perfect, and I don't think we'll ever duplicate this ever again. And you see, and, what I'm... Okay. And, uh, and, um, and um, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You're a chess master, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. This is what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Do you play checkers? When I was a very small child, I did. Yeah. You don't play checkers anymore, though. Right. I do. I'm interested. I do nothing but chess almost. Uh, and when I free time, I walk a lot. 
and I do not drink. I don't smoke. I don't do dope. And I'm the wildest person well, maybe you've you ever should. seen. No. <laughs> no. Now, I've heard that line before. I was going to say, well, you know, the, the uh, you know, we must have something in common, but it, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. Uh, Renee, um, yes. Um, what I'm saying is, familiarity breeds contempt with your own work. A thousand one answering a phone call, booking gigs. A random Don't promoter like who has never seen you or known you suddenly hears plastic nine volts heart and I've hears hear the first song. kisses for free and realizes it's a monster mega mega recording uh, because I have experience I know I didn't right. even know you at that time sure. but I knew it was a monster then oh, will cool. it get airplay on nighttime radio stations and it is pure luck in my opinion as to whether it goes for sure for sure I mean like you know had, had that song gotten on some television show for instance and been played you know in front of well, a lot of people you, you talk yes, about it's, luck it is, it's, you, you yes. talk you asked about luck earlier you know it's really you gotta be lucky too oh yeah you know um, um, I mean, I think Ray... Yeah, and, and I asked for examples. I've got one more for you because you're in the, the, the performing arts, and therefore I've, got, I've saved what's my last... Your other, what's your other one? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. I, wrote, yeah, a, you said, I yeah. wrote a chess column for City of San Francisco magazine. Uh-huh. Francis Ford and Eleanor Coppola and their family would sometimes be within 10 feet of me, and I would give them... You know, I went out with Sophia back No kidding. Way. She was really? there, and yeah. I gave her a cardboard... It was on a date. It wasn't nothing serious. I gave yeah. um, a man who, get, who spent his whole life named James Schroeder from Cleveland, Ohio, giving prison chess sets to prisons and, and cardboard chess sets. He needed uh, paper so that they would let him in the prisons. He sent me um, five cardboard chess sets to give to each member of the Coppola family at City of Center. City of San Francisco magazine, and they waved to me on a Sunday morning when I came in to turn my chess column. I had a key to get in, and they were on the other door going into their office of City of San Francisco magazine, which Coppola owned. Absolutely true story. And so I got to know some of the crew, um, the whole Godfather cast. The, the movie had already been made, was coming through there. James Kahn came into Enrico's, and I kept thinking, how come you're not dead? I kept thinking of him at the toll booth where he gets going down. <laughs> and, and so, no. And other people, I just couldn't believe the whole Godfather cast was moving past me in Enrico's. All right, so anyway, this was is the Fredo there? Was Fredo there? Um, John Cassell? All of them were there. All of them uh, except for Brando. Now, they paid Brando very little money for the Godfather one. And as you know, uh, Coppola was about to be fired. He, that movie was not his. And I'm going to tell you the honest, true story. I knew it before Coppola told you on tape for uh, his uh, memory. This is the absolute true story. He goes to New York City. He, it's over for Coppola. He's just a beginning fledging producer. They're not going to bet 100 million or 75 million. But and he, they don't did, want... he did win an Oscar for or the screenplay for Patton. I thought before. Yeah. Um, oh, was but, that? oh, really? But the, yeah. the deal is, he got nominated. Yeah, the deal exactly. is, they don't think he can do pop, and they want they want a, a gangster a movie and they want a, um, a a big blockbuster and they never dream of what they've got. Oh, okay. thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. Manny, you needed more coffee. And Manny, That's great. And Manny, okay, Manny, and Manny, you could check this. He arrives, totally unaware of fact he's going to be fired in five days. Now, he arrives. The first thing is there's no money. He looks in the bank account and everything. And secondly, half the, the crew that is filming in California is not coming to the New York scenes. They know he's out. Okay, and then hairdressers and minor people, cameramen, know uh-huh. the, know, from both coasts, cluey men, uh, the, frankly, they're going to fire you later on in the week. He has no money whatsoever, and he's just doing, going through the motions with some minor scenes. Uh, uh, but he, at, when he first arrives in New York, he thinks it's on. Within two or three days, he knows that he has no money, and um, they are not going to ride with him for The Godfather. Right. He has no money. Now, get the unbelievable luck. There was no money for anything but a low budget that week. 
he has them all in a house, practicing with each other, having dinner with each other, and so on, including Brando. Brando is not getting paid too much money for this. It's all, it, everything is going under. He found Brando in his house. I mean, he got the, uh, uh, Coppola did, but he's on the way out. Now, get this. But there's one scene they can shoot with no money whatsoever, because they've already paid the contract on the rental. The very first shot that, they, that Coppola ever shoots is Al Pacino killing the policeman in the restaurant, in the small restaurant, okay. including the high no. shots and everything. And since there's no money, nothing else to do, he had a whole week to do the one scene where the guy gets killed. So he the shows the dailies to the studio. Yes, that's exactly right. They yeah. went by plane every okay. single night right. and totally overnight. You don't have to point at me. I'm right here. Yeah, and you, oh. realize, you realize it was pure luck. If there had been a great deal of money they would, um, and they'd been able to shoot that but, week with the large parade. But I thought, I thought Bob Evans, Robert Evans, the producer, was a big fan of Coppola. No, he wasn't. No, he, no wasn't. he wasn't. He wanted Coppola gone because he did not believe that he could do a big budget um, Walt Disney movie with lots of blood and gore. When you got well, I know they wanted like you know, Robert Redford yes, and our yes, Ryan O'Neill yes. to play the Pacino. When you see the opening scene of, of the, when you see that restaurant scene, you see something you will never see again. I mean, it was unbelievable. Nor yes. it was just everything that Humphrey Bogart ever did, everything that all the masters did. He was a film student, as you know, of history. Sure. But anyway, it was pure luck. They had no money, therefore he succeeded. If they'd had money, he would have been out. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Jude, let's get back to you. Um, yeah, we want to talk about you. About Coppola. We're going to talk about him when we have him on the show. Um, but uh, so, so, so you, you, from a very young age, used chess as a vehicle to, to, uh, to create your own life. You right. created a life out of I was. Of um, I, knew, uh, everything, I knew that everything was going under um, on paper. Um, I hope that your listeners won't break down crying. Don't cry. And, of course, the 25,000-word um, article that Derek Bridges did uh, on his website, judacus.com, will tell you know, everything about the horrible things that happened to me. But don't cry for me, because I sailed through everything like uh, Manny the Clown. I had a great time. <laughs> Manny um, the Clown. Um, <laughs> I, I, simply went, I simply went to the Harahan Public Library, the New Orleans Public Library, and pretended everything was all right. And uh, what happened was, uh, all of a sudden, I saw this chess set in the window of a drugstore. And since nobody cared whether I lived or died, I just went out of the house and took my little money and went up um, on the Jefferson Highway and went to the drugstore and bought the, the E.S. Lowe pocket chess set, um, <coughs> plastic chess set, mm-hmm. and a book by Frank J. Marshall, the great American old master, and went back and put the chess set on my bedspread, and rays began to emit. I wow. mean, I was a shock. Hey, man, whatever this is, and um, I did more than 1,000 chess exhibitions all over the world, 20 countries, and I was in 40 million copies of the Guinness Book of World Records, and I am the greatest road chess machine of all time. Excellent. No one else is even in my league. So, so Jude went out and, and did, uh, like, starting in the 70s, did... Uh, How old were you in the 70s? Yeah, yeah I was... Did Greyhound um, yeah, chess uh, tours. Yeah, also, yeah I, I read about also, that. Also, I, yeah. played, I played Fisher, the, the most important professional Bobby player Fisher, of all time, yes. a two-game match at Baton Rouge, and I drew a game with him in New Orleans, which hit the front page uh, twice in New Orleans newspapers. So things really helped me. But the monster thing, which you must understand, Manny, is the little show, the puppet show in the local library, the New Orleans Recreation Department theatrical show, The Magician. All of these things affect a great show. Showman, and I'm a master chess showman for children in public schools. I've done lots of prisons. The monster break was a little man about up to your shoulders, Manny. His name was Richard Shoreman, and he walked up to me in the um, San Francisco Chess Club Mechanics Institute and asked me, I have hamburgers and a malt. That's all. Can you play children in little... Was he wearing a trench coat? 
Oh, uh, he did wear a trench coat. He, he did. How he did, did wear know a, that, man? He did wear a trench you know coat. You in, 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 uh, in hamburgers and malt and candy, yes. I guess. Yes, yeah. yes. White van. yes. And he, he asked me, would I do chess shows for no money and uh, give a little lecture for children? And would I do some free exhibitions? And how old are you at this time? Uh, let's see. Uh, we're talking uh, 24, 25, 27. Okay, so when did you play Bobby Fischer? Uh, 1964 when and I how was 19. Old, when you were 19. Yep. And how old was he then? He was 20. And I had no idea for three days and three nights. Do you know why Bobby Fischer's wife left him? Because he would never make a move. <laughs> I see. I see. Actually, um, actually, Manny, um, because I know otherwise, I, I can honestly tell you, the man uh, hypnotized women. There were women around him everywhere. Oh, uh, really? yeah. And uh, I must tell you, superficially, uh, Manny, uh, there are more things important than uh, superficial looks. The guy was absolutely, according to the woman I know, the best-looking guy in the top five I've ever seen. He was really rocking. He just won the U.S. Championship 11-0 and was on every major television program. But you, t- you, you, you had a draw with him, didn't oh, you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, but you... and, and at no time did I realize that was huge PR for the rest of my life. Right. Uh, I drew a match with Grandmaster Walter Brown. The games were in the New York Times, the London Times. Now, what I, about the, these the, Russian guys that Fisher would play? And they, they were would... great, particularly Spass. Did you, did, did you play them? Well, I, I knew of them, of course, but I never got to play them in tournaments or anything. But oh, understand, okay. understand, without Boris Spassky, one of the nicest human beings that ever walked the face of the earth, that match would have never happened in Iceland. And Spassky became a millionaire because of it. He lost the match, but he was the real winner. He got all the money, and Fisher got just residuals, but still did pretty well. Well, well I, like re- I still get residuals for stuff yeah. that I do. <laughs> yeah, it's all okay. good. It's and mostly this, porn, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, and so, But anyway... The, um, the major thing um, was after I did these shows, these small shows, uh, give a little lecture, the four chess tips and the greatest chess book of all time and how to get better. Um, uh, don't be afraid to lose. Uh, Fisher told me he lost maybe 50,000 games and he was only 21. So you can, if you, you can afford to lose a few here in Hayward, California, that kind of thing. And then I'm doing little exhibitions in Seattle, Washington area. And the monster break with hundreds of thousands of dollars comes over the phone. Oh. Uh, a guy calls me. His, my, his name is Russell Miller. He's sitting by the railroad tracks. He's a valley evaporating company in Yakima, Washington, traffic manager. Hello, what's your schedule? I'm going to send out little flyers and get you on the road. I said, well, sure. I didn't even know who he was, although right. he met me. I, did, I couldn't re- recall over the phone. I said, sure, I'll do it. Okay, suddenly he said, by the way, when you get off the bus in Portland, Oregon, you're going to play a world record 117 people at one time at a place called Lloyd Center. The nice people at Lloyd's really like my idea. I just went over there yesterday and talked to them, like you talk to people, Manny. And all of a sudden, I said, I am. I got off the bus and played a Guinness Book of World Records, 117 people, was in uh, 20 million copies of the Guinness Book of World Records and sport books, and then another 20 million uh, three years later, and it was all by Russell Miller. I got off the bus and it was done for me. Well, oh, okay. You well. know that reminds me of something that you just said. The, the you said yes. See, that's that to me is very powerful because a lot of people, some some guy would call them out of the blue and they go, I don't know that. I don't, listen to that me carefully. Sketchy, man. I mean, listen but to me. There's saying, a librarian. There's a librarian. Yes, yes. Get the get this straight, Manny. Okay. Get this straight, Renee. There's a librarian. I'm listening. There's a funky little Where's guy. Drink, There's huh? a funky guy. I'm doing an exhibition on St. Charles Avenue, like hundreds I've done all over the world. Hundreds of free prison exhibitions and grade schools. It's routine. I'm doing an exhibition at the ultimate coffee shop for. So when Bob you play and, at prisons, what the prisoners lose and they get angry? No, they're very nice. Always okay. very nice. Okay. I always hug the prisoners. I, I get them around me and take a group photograph. Well, I don't think that's you know? a good idea. Yeah, I had uh, one guy. <laughs> gets, yeah. gets, yeah. gets them and, on um, his side. And, yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, 
the deal is... Because um, those pieces could be made into shivs, can't they? Like the rook seems like a weapon. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like a yeah, weapon? Well, that's why they use paper. Or the bishop. That's, that's why they use the paper. The bishop is a weapon. <laughs> that's why they use the, pa- <laughs> the portable paper. Let me ask you something. So, so not Manny, to, okay, okay, Manny, okay. Um, to, uh, All right. He, he says, how do I say <laughs> yes? Are you checking my pulse? <laughs> how, do you say, how do you say yes? And um, it's very, very simple. Um, so Derek Bridges is standing there. He's the librarian in the library. He's the youngest Bridge brother. Bridges brother, yes, right? Is. Yes, yeah. he is. So Derek <laughs> Bridges is standing that. there. He's the technical librarian and so on. And I'm running from computer to computer. I have no idea the break of a lifetime is coming. And um, he asks if he can come and shoot photographs the next day at this exhibition. He misses the most beautiful woman ever. Melissa, Melissa Legs, still a legend in New Orleans history. People still ask me today about her 20 years later. Awesome, beautiful woman. She Melissa, comes what's my, her name again? Melissa the Great. Melissa Legs. Can, I can Google image her and see She's how beautiful. She's unbelievably gorgeous. Really? And I know her to this day, email her all the time. Anyway, um, what happens is she comes to my chessboard and just it's unbelievable fashion show. Business triples immediately. One, I had two uh, $400, $200 lessons in a single afternoon the moment she sat down. That's yeah. never happened, ever. And she was, uh, anyway, she was red hot. And she's sitting there. She comes to my chess exhibition, and Derek Bridges does not shoot a photograph of her sitting in the background. And so he misses that. Oh. Okay, so anyway, he, anyway, he, shoots, anyway. He, do, he shoots the exhibition. And one photograph is memorable. Uh, he got paid $100 from a website for it. And the guy, then, uh, the guy who ran the website then uh, goes to his death in a paragliding accident two months later. The last check he writes is to Derek Bridges. Ten years go by, and Bridges walks up to me and asks me to do an interview in the Café du Monde, where Renee's son also interviewed me. I said, yes. sure, I'll do it. It's mechanical. I have no idea. And, okay. uh, I just said, yes, it was mechanical. I just did it. Okay. Let me ask you something. Yes. Besides chess, what are your other interests? Do you I like, like hot, sports? I like, like hot, I like hot women. Hot like, wi- okay, well, that's but, everyone. Yeah, that's but, my interest, no, too, hot this, women. Here's this, women who, yeah. um, women who are into it. In other words, if you're going to dress, like, yeah. really dress, um, um, if you're going to go to the ballet, really go to the ballet. I like um, ballet? Um, okay, uh, go ahead. like, like Catelyn, um, the redhead, who does the K&D video. Yes. She's manically into it. She has these cameras which virtually kill her back. Um, I mean, she's got uh, she's got these. Well, I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, yeah they call her the she's hot got, redhead. She's got yeah. some good posture. People come to like. the chessboard. People come to the chessboard okay. and ask uh, who she is, and uh-huh. I explain she's my sister who lives in Boston. Oh, that's nice. Oh. That's nice. So to not put off the okay, other so young women. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. also randomly interested in epic um, poetry, um, uh, one or two liners, the quick liners that have, are close reality, yeah. such as Jack London, I would rather be a burning meteor than a small, uh, uh, you know, than yeah, a small yeah, yeah. Okay, let me ask you something. Early on when you got into chess, because when I was like in middle school or junior high, you know, I got it. I was in the chess club and I thought I was okay. You know, and we had tournaments, and I did all right. But then it, I just lost interest in it. I just kind of lost interest. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So for someone like you and like someone like Bobby Fischer, you see that uh, that movie? What was that movie Looking for Bobby Fischer? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have the chess uh, clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, so the thing I could never do, I guess, and what you can do and, and chess masters can do is that you see the board and then you see five moves ahead, right? Yes. Is that, it, it, you see no. like... No, no, you don't? Oh. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that at all. Um, You're Manny, just lucky. Manny, can you drive a car? 
Yeah, I can drive a I've car. I've never driven a car in my life. Now, let's get in the car and race. Thank look. God. Let's, <laughs> look, all right. Let's get in the car right now. I'll get in one. No, you're you not getting in my car. No. You're, you're getting get, in my trunk. No, <laughs> no, man. You ride in your car. I'll ride in my car. And okay. let's race to Las Vegas. He's going to get there. There's your answer. The simple truth is, it's what I do. Um, and I, uh, I agree with Fisher. I don't care what today's modern players say. I heard several last night on the internet, a ridiculous commentary um, by one well-known master. Um, uh, I got, Fisher said, I got good by reading thousands of books. I read. I try to know what's He's going on. He's dead, though, right? Yes, but he said well, this a long time ago. Know. It's absolutely true. I have right now just the literature in my place. I've got to thin it out. Um, but um, I, I am always looking at a picture here, a picture there, biographies. I'm interested in what's going on. And interest is number one in chess. Okay, so who, who's like on. the best player today in 2019? Oh, Magnus Carlsen, the world chess champion. Unbelievable. What's his name? Carlsen, C-A-R-L-S-E-N. is okay. absolutely the greatest Swedish? player. He's the greatest player that ever lived. In terms really? Of, yeah, okay. So, uh, do you know him? Oh, well, I from no, a distance. Yeah, yeah. So, so he he has like uh, thousands of, of classic games. That's uh, all he does in, in his, he in is, his mind. He, he is, is ever since he was a child. He went to chess academy in Norway and he studied Norway. chess, worked at it, and he is the greatest player that ever lived. Magnus Carlsen. Really? Nobody else is even close. Now, okay. now tell me. Uh, my son was saying, you know, he did this report on Morphe. He was saying that that Morphe's is the guy who invented what we the modern approach which yep. is that you the small you de- advantage you the develop small, the sorry. small petite advantage the little hidden um, um, uh, secret of the iguanas let's see my car's got to work I got to pay the car the Back car to the iguanas um, yeah I've got a book uh, <laughs> the small petite detail and then right. the murderous attack everybody else tried to attack like a maniac he was the small petite positional player and then comes the murderous attack when all of his tanks are rolled up in front of your living room in front of your house you open the door and the tanks roll through he was the first modern great player but on the other hand he was rich his, his father hmm. left him uh, the equivalent of um, a couple of of half a million today oh, really? and he owned his own house okay. at, at 417 Royal so uh, he didn't have to work and with all of the attendant um, horrors uh, when you drift you die and you yes. wanted me to mention this I will mention it for you remember if you ever think of retiring like all the stockbrokers are trying you want to retire and have lots of money at the bank don't do it or you'll die here is the fact you need to remember Manny you've got to be here for the for the troubled man for yes. the troubled man yeah. broadcast therefore you cannot die even if you're sick you have to get out of the house to come to the troubled man yes. activity breeds survival and yes. anyone who tells you different is lying here is the, okay. the typical case 100,000 postal workers retire at age 60 healthy 100,000 healthy postal workers stay on the job the people who retire die three years well, earlier well yeah, yeah you hear about these guys who work at the same factory for six years and get, they get the gold watch and three days later they die of the they, top yeah. they have no purpose yeah they have yeah. no purpose but listen look, can, can, you, can, you, can you take a break for a second if I, you behave I'll do yeah, it yeah because I got, I got, I, I got the, the Hoover Dam in my bladder right now so I'm going to take a break and yeah. I'm going to find out what happened to our drink yeah did me you, too did Manny, you pay for many, another round you yeah, yeah. Manny you've You've behaved yourself very well. Well, yeah, um, I'm so trying. far. Well, but, yeah, but well, you still have more time. Yeah, I have more time. Yes. Well, we're just going to take a, a nation, nation. <laughs> if I've ever been trouble, yeah, we're going to take a breath. Listeners, I ask you: <laughs> yeah. Are you too a troubled yeah. man? Yeah. No, no. What about the ladies? Can okay. we have some troubled ladies? Oh, yeah. they're out there for sure. They're out there. All right. we'll, we'll be right back. 
And we're back. Yeah, we're back. And 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 uh, our Dude, guest, yes. he, he got a shower. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he got a shower. Had to arrange for yeah, extra coffee. Yeah. This would. But listen, happen. listen. To get off the subject of uh, your your master chess player, I uh, Renee and I like to talk about the news every once in a okay. while. And maybe you can you, you yeah, can yeah, give yeah, your yeah, input. Yeah, jump in on Manny, you. Okay. The teachers won their strike in Los Angeles, baby. They hey, did. God! Yeah, I wish they yeah. would have won when I was there in L.A. It's, it's uh, you know organized labor. Look. People give there. There has been such a slander against unions and organized labor in this country that that stupid people were convinced and they thought yes, because unions are corrupt. So therefore, the solution is to get rid of them. Without unions, we're all serfs. Okay, so right, we, we were yeah. we were serfs in the the 1800s in the Gilded Age and only you know in the the rise of organized labor in the the 20s and 30s. Did we move away from serfdom? Now, once they started, and then, uh, you know, the, the middle class growth, you know, the 50s, the 60s, uh, that was all very successful. And people started to think, oh, well, this is how it is now, because they got used to it. So then they thought, well, we don't really need unions because look how good everything is. They did not realizing that unions were the reason things were like that. People so, died. People died oh, for yeah. the basic workman's condition. Oh yes, absolutely. Right. And 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 you know the powers that be would love nothing more than to return the the workforce to a, a surf. Uh, 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 yeah, of course, of course. surf conditions. Well, speaking of unions, yes. you know, like New York City. You know, those millions of hotels in New York City, and, right. and they all have housekeepers who have their own union. Yeah. You know, they have the housekeepers yeah, union. Yeah, New York is one state that still has strong organized yeah, labor. Yeah, yeah. But I saw a story just the other day that this, uh, at a fancy hotel in New York City, I'm not going to name the hotel because I really don't know the name of the hotel. Okay. Well, but <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah. But it, apparently it's a fancy hotel, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's like very those. fancy. So it's four star, what a sure. five star, whatever. So Six, this, whatever, man. this housekeeper comes to this room like on the sixth floor or whatever mm-hmm. and she opens the door and there's this bed sheet blocking like the view of the room and there's this Huge tip and a note from the couple that are staying there. And it says, thank you for your service. And then she opens up, she tears down the sheet that they had posted up. And they did a, 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 a suicide, a suicide oh, pact. Oh, two people had committed suicide. Oh. Well, but they were nice enough to leave her a tip and to thank her for her service. Because they, apparently they'd been there for a few days. And they, the fantastic you know, was going to be you know, a mess to clean up. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the whole yeah. quote. They asked her. They said, well, you know, the reporters came, the New York Post and all that at the time. Yeah. They said, well, you know, uh, how do you feel? She says, well, I feel bad, but I still have got to clean this room, you know. Which sucks, you know. You know, which sucks for her, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. But that's the union. She's got to clean yeah. up the room. Yeah, don't you know? do that, people. Yeah. 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 Choose life. There's reason to live. Yeah. Renee, yes. the fantastic uh, New Orleans attorney. Um, she's a senior partner, uh, Julie Lividay George, okay. here in New Orleans. She, uh, when she was on the way up in law school and so on, mm-hmm. uh, she worked at the Hyatt Regency desk, and it was exactly at that time she remembered that incredible story where three people for a week had just uh, uh, till never identified to this day um, with um, uh, foreign rituals and everything, gave away their radio and so on, and burned down their hotel room and killed themselves right in the hotel, and the staff had to clean up. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know where people get these crazy ideas. You know, look, if, if you have troubles in your life, 
Uh, listen to our show. Listen to our show. You know, we like to say, Jude, you know, we like to say, look, if you can't laugh at your troubles, we can. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, we often do. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, but it's, it's yeah. important to, to keep a sense of humor and, and realize that no matter how bad today seems, Tomorrow could be worse, yeah. or it could be better. So you know, um, well, but, uh, Manny, trouble never ends. Manny, basically. I'm going to put this to you straight. Oh, okay, I had a question. Troubled men, a simple question. Yeah. Um, first of all, you're not speaking to a Trump supporter, but I would like to oh, well, cool. to give you a simple Shakespearean tragedy. Please don't laugh about Donald Trump. Okay. It is the Christmas holidays, and Trump, God forbid. I flash back to Richard Nixon, supposedly a criminal in Watergate, deserving um, horrible condemnation. I remind you, it was Richard Nixon who got us out of Vietnam. Everybody conveniently forgets that, who made a deal with China. Too. Well, he was sure. a good foreign policy yeah. president. Okay, now he get this. Very now good. get this. At the very moment, if you don't think uh, Trump is, is a tragic Shakespearean figure, consider the following. It's approaching Christmas time. Everyone is on planes out of town. The Congress is going out of town. Consider what this man, Trump, is doing suddenly you know we're getting people out of syria we shouldn't be in foreign countries and we're getting out all in 24 hours then he says by the way half of our forces in afghanistan are getting out and this is coming over in 24 hours suddenly he's getting supreme uh, commander-in-chief ideas maybe we should reform our leanings and starting the whole world which is commendable. And suddenly, in the middle of nowhere, during the Christmas holidays, for no reason that anyone can understand without warning, oh, by the way, I'm closing um, the whole country down, your basic government, because I must have a $5 million wall. I want to ask you, um, uh, Renee, yeah. you're, you've traveled. I want to ask you, Manny, with many experiences with people who have imagination, can you think of at least 400 ways to get around a wall if you're paid a million dollars to deliver a million dollar cro- cargo, not counting drones? She's oh, built absolutely. some ladders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go over it, go under it. The, the tragedy is, and I mean this, no one has You've any sympathy how, for, for you, Trump, but when you consider the tragedy, he's finally getting it together in, in some minor aspects. And here is this marvelous idea, get out of Syria, get out of Afghanistan. We are a great nation, and if we need to take care of business, we'll simply send a bomb. But the point is, you simply cannot invade foreign countries permanently. Learn your lessons from Vietnam. And he has learned this. He actually says, I really don't think we should be in Syria. We should yeah. be in Afghanistan, and he seems to. I don't mean think it. it's that thought out. I think he's just kind of jerking it around. You know, I think. Okay. He's, I, I think he's just a fucking okay. puppet. For, okay, for okay. Other, Let me ask you other... this. Let me ask you this. Do you think I really care whether um, Richard Dixon deeply thought about getting out of Vietnam? The fact is, he did it. No, no one I else get did. you. Sure, sure, sure. It's 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 behavioral. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as. Do you know that Dixon was a Quaker? Yes, I, I did. Society of Friends. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very gentle people. I know a Quaker. How do could, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody uh, thinks he's Jewish. Here's the deal. <laughs> no, they, they sincerely do. Here's one elementary. Quaker, here's though. one elementary difference between the Chevrolet, the Renee, and Jude Acres. Here's one L and Richard Nixon. Nixon's in the White House. There's one spectator in the freezing winter, an old man holding a sign against Nixon, and Nixon from the White House calls the police and tries to have the spec- one spectator arrested. You would stand there in the White House saying. And wave to the spectator. Hi, how you doing? Send coffee. Well, I mean, me being in the White House is a pretty big leap right (laughs) from the beginning. I mean, they do have background checks. Um, So, so Jude, back to San Francisco. You spent a lot of time there, and and I I, I saw there's a quote about 
from Janis Joplin about you. So, so tell me, like, what? You know, what um, it's really amazing. What your relationship um, with um, Janis. Um, I love Janis Joplin. Yeah, by the way. it's it's absolutely amazing um, that people don't realize I blundered in everything. Um, I met You're like Forrest Gump, man. I met uh, yeah, I met <laughs> I met Jim Morrison playing basketball on the uh, old basketball court of Fillmore West, which is a high school before it's converted to an auditorium. Didn't know who Jim Morrison was. Um, Max Burkett, a, a legendary, the man who settled the whole San Francisco chess scene, offered to let me crash at his place 300 block of hate. And um, anyway, I go over, um, right there, uh, and Max Burkett is a postal worker. He goes to a postal worker's party, and over his shoulder, as I come in, there is Janice Joplin. I know of Big Brother and the Holding Company. I do not know she is the lead vocal for for um, Big Brother and the Holding Company, the record I've been hearing, Peace of My Heart, all across the country on radio. Uh-huh. And by the way, the same time, I swear to God, Hey Jude breaks as I'm coming to San Francisco, yeah. and I made um, the driver stop on the road and go to um, a, a record store. I could not believe that my name was in a song, Hey yeah. Jude, by the Beatles. And I'm, I just had to, to listen carefully to it um, and, and look at the thing. And I, I would take a sad song and make it, um, make it better. It was like a telegram to me. But anyway, regarding Janice... It's crazy, man. The only like thing the Beatles, yeah. you know, they had the same effect yeah. on Charles Manson, except he yeah. wasn't killed. You know? but, Max Burkett, uh, Max Burkett, for some reason, just to yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Motorcycle Max Burkett, a legend who was the central ground zero, the Gertrude Stein of San Francisco yes. chess for all time. Cool. Um, he let out of the kindness of his heart, this great man, wonderful person, let Dennis the poet, the legendary Dennis the poet. You'd love him. His pub, pub his, Fritzinger, his pub, his poetry was published by Ferlinghetti. Yes, and yes, a real heavy. Yeah. He and I travel across the country and wow. so on. But anyway, I'm looking over Max um, Max um, Burkett's shoulder, and he denies to this day that he was the first person ever to introduce me to Janice, but he was. Yeah. I looked over his shoulder as we were coming in, without knowing who she was, and she had a turkey leg in her hand and said, where are those guys that are going to... Um, <clears throat> Etc. And uh, and and, okay. uh, and 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 so and, and so like and so um, the rest is is pretty well um, X-rated. William Bills was there. I'm told William Bills was a legendary citizen era engineer who traveled with me everywhere all during the summer in the legendary road car with Cebu the Indian, Jude Acres, John Hall, heavy Texas dude, and then um, just and Fritzinger the poet, heavy heavyweight, like on the road with Kerouac of chess. Wow, Everything man. is happening, you know, and. Um, don't forget, the greatest chess master that ever lived is in that car riding yes. around with him. Remember that, Renee? Yes, no. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, in, so Renee. You're hypnotizing me. You realize so, yeah. that, man? You I know. So, Renee, here's the, <laughs> yeah. here's the true story. Janice Joplin <laughs> is in the coffee gallery all the time because of one woman named Sunshine. That's where I really got to say hello. It's absolutely true story. Absolutely true story. Sunshine took all the dope and everything. And made a regular. That's why I'm very careful not to lecture people. I'm unstoned. I don't drink, smoke, do dope, walk right. everywhere. Obey Good Health Boy Scout Manual, which I found on a bus, um, and was a fabulous break for me. I don't lecture. I want all drugs legalized, everything legalized, yes. taxed, so uh, so you can use the tax money for the hungry, yes. the needy, and so on. It's right. a liberty issue. Yeah, a liberty yeah. issue. People died in World War II to be told they can't smoke cigarettes, do dope, or not. Right. Come exactly. on, get real. Yeah, fuck all right. You. So, but anyway, here's what's happening at at the coffee gallery. Sunshine is the waitress. She waits in. Me. She is the girlfriend of What'd Janice. What'd you order? 
Oh, ja- oh coffee, coffee only. <laughs> Co- well, coffee oh, only. What details? Coffee, you know, yes, I gotta coffee. have details. You yeah, know? Anyway, all right. She takes, yeah. she takes all the dope. Sometimes goes 24 hours. I go shopping with them at a dress store. I buy a pair of shoelaces. They buy the whole store. She's wow. at the peak of her fame. And here's when I realized she was really big. Absolutely true story. I had very few experiences with her, but this one was heavy. There was a pay telephone in the coffee gallery, and the owners always still bring me stuff, even at my chess table. Mm-hmm. Um, every 10 years, they bring me a little memento from the oh, coffee because cool. they know I was there when this happened and I got it in the papers also Albert Grossman had taken over the manager of Bob Dylan sure, yeah, had taken over Janis Joplin as an individual act uh-huh. and she was scheduled to, to appear in Miami I was playing Slimy Burns for 25 cents or 50 cents a, a game and just barely making it and virtually homeless um, except for crashing at Briquette's place and absolute true story she gets a phone call I don't realize she is big I just do not know it. Right. Um, really big. And she gets a phone call, and they, she has a gig in Florida, and she's apparently forgotten about it. And she has to be there um, uh, in uh, eight hours, ten hours. All right, so anyway, um, she asks, how will I get there? And he says, well, I have a limo out front. I look outside the coffee car, and a limo would, uh, is pulling up with the driver just for Janice Alpin. And now I, I was impressed. Yeah. So she gets in. Now, this is the honest to God truth. I'm, I'm still playing at the table, five, ten dollars a day, uh, buying Chinese um, egg salad sandwiches, getting by, right. playing at the McCann Institute chess room. Absolute true story. Mm-hmm. She gets arrested overnight for indecency or whatever in Miami, and she flies back. And I, I've heard over the radio she's been arrested, but they got her out of jail immediately, of course. Right. Absolute true story, Renee. I'm playing. Uh, in the front of the window of the coffee gallery, like I played in the front of the Dream Palace back here in New Orleans. Oh, okay. And I'm playing, and I want her to be to do well. I'm, I just wish her well, but she's just out there. Someone who I see uh, 20 times a year, just uh, passing by, maybe a little talk, and she says to me, you fiddle-fiddle with those little chess men, but that's okay. You'll just grow old, old, and remember me, baby. That's what she said to me once. But anyway, here's wow, what happens. What a, what she's, flare, I'm sitting down man, there, and she does it to me. She's dressed to kill. She has this little thing on, and she's obviously tired, and I know she's been arrested and everything, but I'm just playing, and I keep my mouth shut, and, she's, and the phone rings. And she says, Janice, it's the phone. Uh, somebody, her girlfriend says. So Janice turns around, Jude, hold this for me. And she puts a purse, a, a hemp purse, which has huge holes in it all the way. You can see what's inside it. Mm-hmm. And she has uh, $10,000 in cash in the purse. <laughs> and she says, Jude, will you hold this for me? And I'm playing for 50 cents. Right. And she's got 10000 bucks, which she got from her gig in Miami. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I'm sitting there, at this point, Manny is right. I consider it a move. I consider I consider oh. moving. Oh, larceny, I admit, admit it. Crossed your mind. I admit okay. it. Yes, <laughs> moving, making a, making a move. Well, and um, there's ten thousand. You had, could take a C yeah, note or had two. Fun to, she had fun with me, but you need to understand. That How, what kind a, of fun she had with you? She, you, you. Oh, you mean making a move on her? Not you made a move, move on, on her. Purse. Okay, all right. No, all right. Uh, actually, gentlemen, take a little bit of my heart now, baby. Uh, yeah, Manny. Right. The truth is, I had. I had ideas of moving out the door with that purse. Oh, that was okay. the move I had. Oh, okay. uh, and, but anyway, uh, um, but anyway. you didn't. No, because you're. An and then she died a week later. I told right? you that, I, told you that I was in the Boy Scouts yes. and the Cub Scouts, yes. and they told me to be straight, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do dope, but see wild women and wild music, stay out all night, just don't drink anything, and you'll be happy. Said, no, and walk right. everywhere and get enough sleep. Let me ask you something. Are you on Twitter? Um, everything I do is, I hate to say this, but I'm represented by the best, K&D Video. 
uh, the fabulous Catlin set up Facebook. The fabulous <laughs> Derek set up uh, everything. Okay. But it's not me at all. I mean, whatever you see is what done about, by Katie like Goody. Do, do you surf the internet and stuff? Oh, like I'm that. constantly looking for chess news and um, uh-huh. and also old movies. Remember, you're talking to a little boy who never had a television. Even in San Francisco, when I lived in a penthouse-like thing at 2000 Broadway, when things really hit big with my first uh, Portland Monster exhibition, mm-hmm. and I was playing all over the country, more than mm-hmm. uh, 100 commercial exhibitions, when I had some money and I was living at uh, 2000 Broadway in San Francisco, I never had a TV. So now I'm going back and looking at old movies um, on YouTube right. and, uh, and also playing the iguanas nonstop. Okay. <laughs> right. We like it. We like it. Uh, speaking of our friend Renee, okay. you know. Um, Still here. Yeah. I heard you got hacked. I did get hacked. Because uh, I'm like a stupid old person really? who doesn't. So know I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. What? What? Okay. What? So, what is getting hacked? So here, mean? here's what. It, here's how it goes down. So some other guy who's actually older than me, uh, who I'm friends with, must have clicked on some kind of video, and then they say like, "Well, uh, to to view this video, you need to uh, sign up. Please stop that, Jude. Are you going to be yeah. playing chess yeah, with your left hand?" Give him another cup of coffee. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so it's, uh, a message comes up and says, oh, you have to sign into Facebook videos to view this. And it, like a dummy, this is at the end of a recording session where I was uh, pretty fatigued. You know, I'm just yeah. sitting in my car going, OK, I'll put it back in. And then suddenly, like all the everybody on my on my list starts getting the same thing. And they're but, all. But, but what I want to know is about getting hacked and what what is there to be gained by getting hacked? Well, hatred, I, hatred. Well, I think they, they gain access to your your first of all, you already put in your Facebook pass. Password. If you have that password for anything else, if you have a non-Apple phone, like a like an Android type phone, I think they can. If they get into into Facebook with your phone, they can like go rummage around the rest of your passwords that you have in your phone. So it could okay. compromise your bank account. Could compromise everything. Uh, okay, that's yeah, very hatred, dangerous. Hatred. Okay, because yeah. I remember in the day getting hacked meant that. Uh, uh, you, you had blue balls at the end of the night after a date. I've never heard that term. No, you never heard that no, term? No, no, okay. That's a West Coast yeah. thing. Yeah, I must Manny, know what, yeah. Okay, was, back to you. I was <laughs> in the North Carolina I was in the North Carolina airport. Um, my monster uh, exhibition uh, last year in North Carolina, 14 gigs with a big box um, out of nowhere. Um, and I was in the airport, and Derek Bridges was standing there in the airport, and his whole website went down. It was taken down by by uh, someone um, Hacking. who hated okay. me. And, yeah. and Derek Bridges asked was, me how his website. Oh, oh yes, uh, yes. Derek, yeah, Derek Bridges. Derek Bridges looked at me stunned. He didn't know how, why it happened. And I said, "I have enemies. People are very jealous of me." Remember that, now, who that could when hate you do you, you know, oh, whenever you do things, <laughs> I can think of a few people. Whenever you do things, <laughs> whenever you do things, you are you yes. remind people they are not doing, not yes. even alive. Yes. Yes, I, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's very. You you've accomplished so much. Uh, you know, I'm so fascinated because your your life is very much like that of a musician. A key secret is to have a gig. Do you have two gigs and then um um in the next year that are out of town? Yeah, yeah, sure. Stop right now. You've got something to look for. Let me give yes. you mine. Here, here are the monsters I've got. KD Video doesn't even know it for sure. On the 26th of February, I will be in the Dallas, Texas area with eight schools. I will play eight schools from 4 to 6 p.m. on December 26th. And Dakin Industries is sponsoring it. And I will play a monster exhibition with media trucks coming everything big. Then I'm going to Ecuador in October to play a Grandmaster Qualifier. This is on my calendar. I know. Do you? 
have, have something a website? to look for. It's exciting. It's yeah, very my exciting. My website is Derek Bridges and Katlin uh, Hanrahan, uh, JudeAcres.com. They do it all. They represent so me. JudeAcres.com oh, okay. is the, is the oh, short okay. form. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Check the, it out. He's a fascinating, fascinating guy. Yeah. Man. It's, it's, so, and like uh, for a time, just, uh, just, I don't know if you want to touch on this at all, but I, I'm sure I, he does. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was looking Thank at. Thank you for your confidence. I was, yeah, yeah. Manny's confident. Um, Manny, it is truly great to be great. It, it is, it is, it is. It's, uh, it's hard, but it's, it's uh, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Isn't that what they say? Um, you live for a time in, in a Mandeville uh, institution. Yeah, on paper, things look very bad. Yeah, As a child, ins- he was institutionalized? Well, but As it was child. like uh, for his own good. Like someone saved him. Yeah. Like a p- it was just the opposite. Oh, really? Um, okay. <laughs> look I at, hope so. The police, found me, um, the police found me when I was just three years old eating garbage out of garbage cans. My mother was killed in a plane crash. I don't even remember what she looked like. I was shown a photograph of her um, half a century later. But um, things happened. Uh, this was a typical example. There was a robbery at a church where I was an altar boy, the detective came to my house and realized, Jude, things seem strange here. Could we talk in the back of the house? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I never go out. I don't really have a social life. He realized my fault. I was in trouble. He said, Jude, there's a, um, um, you can go to school in Mandeville, Louisiana, and, and you'll be a ward of the state, and you could have a life. You can go to the library, and you'll never have, you can actually leave your home if you feel. And he set it up. And in 10 days, I was out of there by a miracle. That's and what I'm uh, saying. He saved you. He kind. saved my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and remember, now, here again, Renee, I, I I, I don't want to be crude. Um, talent has little to do with it. I was lucky, unbelievably lucky. Um, I got out of this horrible situation and got a need scholarship to Louisiana State University, where I graduated with a journalism in American history. You understand that, and Russian history, and you realize I was simply lucky, Renee. I'm telling you um, well, that you I know, found a Boy Scout manual that said, do not drink, smoke, do dope, and you won't be sorry because you're going to have to go it alone. And right. you do not have a family or children unless you can back it up. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the fact that you had, like, you had opportunity, yes, but then you also said yes. Again, chess, you, you chess helps. Chess helps instant decisions. An example, a fantastic woman is walking up to you, and she tries in a bumbling fashion to talk to you. You'd better listen, because you may not get a chance to talk to her again. Think before you just brush off a woman. Manny. Listen. <laughs> You Are you going to go see the Stones at Jazz Fest, dude? <laughs> he already saw them at Altamont, um, man. Manny, um, I'm going to have to ask you a question. Yeah, um, ask me a question. Uh, Manny, are you, feeling, uh, how are, are, you, are you feeling ill today? I mean, how Am could I you feeling ill? Yes. I, mean, I Manny, feel how, ill every day. How could you ask a question like that? The Rolling Stones are just it. Uh, just, uh, so I you're mean, going to the show? Oh, of course. Okay, you're going to spend $185? Like I've already, already spent. You already I did? Like oh, it. good. I like it, Jude. Well, listen, I live, I live a few blocks away from the fairgrounds, and uh, I'm going to give you one word of advice. Don't come by my house, okay? <laughs> Manny, um, <laughs> even a star isn't allowed to come by your house? No, nobody's allowed to come by my house. Okay. Um, uh, listen, listen, I'm going to have Derek Bridges roll up with a loudspeaker. Hi, Manny, we love you, and do, I'll say it eight or nine times, and you'll love me. As long as it's not during the wheel or, or the Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fine, Don't you know, come by during the wheel of Jeopardy. Well, the Stones will be playing during the wheel of Jeopardy. I yeah. call like your attention that. to a remarkable per- person in the entertainment arts who has managed your career beyond belief, Vanna White. Don't laugh. The woman is off the chart. 
Well, you know, I think so too. That's why I keep watching. For the man. level of talent that she has, she's certainly uh, exploited it to great effect. You know? That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't ask for maximum talent. I ask that you use what you have okay. and be and consider your, yourself a success in that world. Okay, Vanna let me White ask you something. Let me ask you I'll something. I model myself after Vanna Let me White. ask you something. Um, so have you close. noticed when you go on the internet and stuff like that on websites, there is these ads for people who are still alive, but they said they're dead. We talked about this last Did week. Did we do? Yeah, yeah. Did we do that? But I want to talk about him okay. with it. All right, okay, good. Have you seen this? I have seen them, and I try not to believe anything I read. I just double-check everything. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, I, I, I forgot seen, to cross that out. I forgot to cross <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah. 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 It's not true. You know, last week, a couple of weeks ago, we thought that Jack Klugman had died. And well, you said Jack Klugman <laughs> well, had just when died. When I say we, I'm using the royal we. Yeah, man. yeah, the, yeah. But, and I, but uh, you know, Manny bought it, so you, you didn't. Well, no yeah. Well, I bought it because I, I was rolling with it and right, stuff right, like right. that. Then Turns I came out back. I was only half right that he is dead, but he's been dead for a while. Well, yeah, um, Manny, because many people will hear you for the first time in this program. I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us a sketch of things that went right for you? One or two media things you did that really were right, even though your friends already know them. Uh, two things that went right for me in my life? His winning personality and his wife. <laughs> no, in the media. Me. In, oh, 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 well. Uh, uh, stagecraft, anything. Uh, well, I, uh, I got a Morris Park commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. And still paying to this day. Nice. Uh, you, yeah. do, you do commercial work in New Orleans? I do commercial. Are you, are you available right now for commercials all over yeah, the city? Yeah, He's available for, yeah, for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want to ask I you this. Uh, the, other, the other thing that went right for me in my life was uh, yeah, I used to work in the movie studios back in Hollywood and Sunset Gower and Paramount. So the one thing that went right for me is that I got a call from a, 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 a sound guy during a break in my schedule, and he says, I need someone to hold the boom mic. And, the, and I held the boom mic for a porno film. Oh, that okay. was a really good a thing. break? Yeah, it was huge, yeah. Opened yeah. the door to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because nowadays, back then, back in the 80s, they made movies, porno movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they had industry. stories. Yeah, they it had wasn't, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just My you go on the part. internet and, you know, you can, you can watch it on your phone and stuff like that. Right I'm not done yet. Uh, <laughs> but that was uh, the best thing that you know. One of the things that went right for me that I got to see got to listen to the, fake orgasms and uh, in the valley, yeah, the valley down in Van Nuys right, right, and stuff right, like right, that. Right. So that was one thing that went right for me. Um, now, Jude, um, Manny was get, touching on this subject a little bit earlier. He was asking about checkers. Um, are there any other games? Uh, that you play like cards? Absolutely or? not. Really? I avoid. Okay. Um, I am deeply. Into but you chess. watch Wheel of Fortune, though, don't oh, you? Oh, I like. Well, I like other Scrabble. things from a spectator point of view. But I don't actually play pool anymore. I don't do a minor game. You say anymore? Why not anymore? You uh, I like pool. to concentrate on my world chess table and then I don't do anything competitive at all I like to walk I, uh, I like to walk in on things like people dancing to the iguanas in that coffee place oh right. man that's really right. let me ask right. you something um, 
when you lose at chess, sir, please watch your language. Okay, yeah, he's sir, not, please, do you get pissed off? Um, Manny, um, do you get pissed off? Uh, we don't speak of the impossible. Please uh, watch your okay, language. Okay, all right, you. all right. I mean, but you've lost before, master. right? Manny, I must ask you to watch your language. Okay, all right. Uh, we do not speak of the oh, unthinkable. That, I, I got my answer. I got my answer yeah. right there. <laughs> um, but 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 repetition, like like Bobby Fischer was talking about the the whatever fifty thousand games he'd lost. There is no substitute for reps, you know. And that's the thing about no. playing music, you know. It's like people do gigs. They're like, um, how do you not get nervous before a gig? It's like, well, because I've done thousands of them since I'm, you know, eleven years old. So. And, and that's, that gives you a confidence because you've, you've done it so many times before. It's, and it's also a desensitization. You Another know? thing, Renee, I'm also an event person. Like, I just drift along every day, and my playing chess strength is sometimes good, sometimes bad. But yes. when I key on a monster commercially sponsored exhibition like in Houston, where every, hundreds of people are definitely coming to watch me play, that's monstrous. I have the whole thing worked out, the wardrobe, what I'm going to wear, um, exactly what openings I'm going to play. I get into it, and I, my, my playing strength multiplies by five. I'm so, just unbelievably awesome and things like that. Because you're, 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 I'm focused. you're very focused. I don't even hear anything. I literally am in another world. That, that is so amazing. And I'm sure if, if someone were to uh, like do a brain scan of you while that's happening, it would be obvious in the in the in the, in the in, data. A lot of things yeah, would be obvious. I explained, I, uh, I explained to uh, Derek Bridges and uh, Catelyn Hanrahan, they went to Croatia. Who are okay, Derek Derek Bridges and Catelyn? Derek Bridges is that, weird, is that, is that cutie over there. <laughs> and Catelyn, they're, they're um, the, the chief cameraman honchos who followed me for six years at K&D Video Company. You've been following this guy for six years? All over years? the world. They followed me to Croatia. They got a kickstart grant. They watched me play a national tournament. Well, I explained, 9, I explained to them. hours of footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, only, like the yes, world's yeah. longest documentary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding you. You're, thinking, you're no, joking. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. the, deal, the, deal is, the deal is in Croatia. Who's your editor? As well, I, explained I, to, <laughs> I explained to them it's in Croatia. Opening. The only reason I talked to them on the apply. final day, the only reason I talked to them on the final day and let the them final day, in, what is the final of day? Of the chess tournament. Oh, the chess oh, tournament. Okay, Croatia. I thought it was like the final, the final day. The final day of the international was because four amateur players had held me to draws and totally eliminated me from the tournament. They held me to a tie. Fuck so I guys. had nothing really at stake at the end. Right. Otherwise, they would have never seen me the last week. Um, and secondly, I wasn't playing that well anyway. But the point is that I would never have let them even talk to me um, in the final week, except that um, that I hadn't. I, there was nothing at stake anymore. Right. Uh, so let's talk about your, your oh, two. Had, oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. Had another I'm, question. Yeah, so yeah. you talk about openings. So you have like a repertoire yeah. of, of like. Yes. I don't know, a hundred openings or I something? I am an what, attacking what's... maniac and have certain very strong classical leanings as a defender with the black pieces. And I have systems. I will not let a player get me into a line I don't want to play. And I've got it totally set up. It's called opening repertoire. And the only player in American history who did it um, um, on a massive level was uh, Bobby Fischer. He had everything booked for white and black. And he refused to play anything he wasn't totally, had, had not played hundreds of times before. Now, was it not true that Bobby Fischer, uh, one, part of his genius is that he would uh, so in chess they call the book line right the, yes. bo- the book there, line is yeah. is the way yeah. technically he closed in in every situation yeah. here's what you should do he, but but he would he would uh, deviate from the book line and people would think oh that's a blunder so yeah. a blunder in chess is like if you make a mistake you just mm-hmm. do something stupid and they would think oh this is he's made a blunder but it was not it was innovation he named Staunton from London, 1851, as one of the top ten players of all time. The guy lived in chess books and really, really, he closed the New York Public Library. He would take a plastic chess set. He 
was riding the subway as a little kid all by himself, he would close the New York Public Library several times, they had to throw him out of there. He would just read every book on the shelf and, and make the moves. And he was the only person I've ever seen that could play over a book with a chess set. I'd normally use a magnetic set or try to read from the pictures. He would play all the games one after another. Um, like the, It's just amazing to watch. It's, it, it's fascinating the way, the way chess people's minds work, man. And, and a lot of times, like my son, I, I thought Morphe had kind of lost his marbles at the end. My son says that's a lot of slander, but, but it's not unheard of that, that uh, chess... You ever play Battleship, though? Um, I can't believe I can't believe that you mentioned that. E three, dude. E three. You, know, you the, sunk this, my um, Battleship at the at this MRB's place where they have these huge tables now, uh-huh. and uh, they don't care if anybody spends any money. People could come in and play games, and they have games on top. And yeah. so I went in there, and um, and I was playing. Um, uh, I was playing. Uh, I had set up some amateur games prior for practice mm-hmm. for a chess tournament I was holding, a Morphe Memorial. And right. one of the guys said, instead of chess, let's play Battleship. That's exactly yeah, what he said. Okay. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, okay. You know who you look like? You look like Rod Steiger. And uh, from also, every scene also of Robin January, Wh- also man. Robin Williams, also yeah. Well, you okay. act like Robin Williams. You're like hi. It's like great Robin. to be great. Yeah. I just pretend. Yeah, well, you look like Mrs. Doubtfire in a way too. Yeah, <laughs> no, Rod Steiger. I can see that. Like, uh, what was that great movie made? Uh, the Pawnbroker. Oh, absolutely incredible movie. Where he, he slams <laughs> where his humanity. hand down on the uh, yeah. on the on the uh, you know that what do they call this? Well, that's things? where I got this idea of interfering with your microphone. Yeah, yeah, slamming the table. Steiger, yeah, yes. you're, you're hoping that you know those things that. It was like a spike that you put receipts yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what yeah. they call those things, but Rod Steiger. Spikes, I think they call them spikes. Hey, Renee, <laughs> I'm going to okay. yeah, throw you a wall yeah. curve. Okay. Summarize in five sentences. Be specific. Everything's Lynn, a test Lynn you, man. Drury. Let's go, man. Lynn Drury. Okay, Lynn Drury. Um, great band leader in terms of on stage. Excellent songwriter. Excellent singer. Great time. Um, I always say, you know, has a, a bit of a masculine energy about her, even though she's a very cute girl, a former uh, Troubleman podcast guest. Um, uh, yeah, I dig Lynn. She's, she's groovy. Okay. And may I remind you, Renee, that Spotify, with you 150 may. million subscribers, now is sending out bulletins to anybody who heavy hits Lynn Jury's complete catalog, all artists' catalog, and have the iguanas lined up everything on Spotify? No. No, we haven't, Jude. You know, that's a, that's a lot of, uh, you know, the iguanas have, have succeeded just on talent. <laughs> And no. not on organization. Uh, yeah, uh, the, they take. They are now taking all regional bands of every kind, okay. and they will send notices to anybody who hits on them heavily where their latest live gigs are, and it's all free. Well, I got your your email, and and uh, remember, we can get I to your the, emails. Remember, <laughs> remember, Renee. Yes. I am the uh, conscience of the iguanas. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't want to give you my email. That is my rule. I'm not giving oh, you my email address. No, no. I, I appreciate the encouragement, and, and and I will I will address it, but. Your, your emails, I got to say, you know, I was a bit reluctant to have you on because I thought this guy is too erudite and, and too, you know, much of he's a clean living guy. I can't ab- subject him to the Troubleman podcast. And then I, I was copied on a few of those emails with my son. 
And I saw how you, you email like these long, rambling, all caps emails. <laughs> and I was like, well, I think he actually might be yeah, Trouble Men podcast yeah. Renee, material. <laughs> Renee, yeah. at, my, yes. at, my, at my memorial service, yes. someday when I'm 199, Ted Kaczynski's going to be, give it. There, yeah. <laughs> there will be a giant statue of me at uh, 1015 Decatur of the Gazebo. Right. And, and Renee, there will be a board which can be used for both checkers and chess. Yes. And you will be at the service, Renee, and you will say, Jude was a wild child. I was wrong. I think we should end with that. Oh, man. No, yeah. I was right. He yeah. is a wild child. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. a wild child, full of grace, savior of the human race. That's Jimmy Morrison there. And by the way, Chevrolet, I, I need to show you who's boss here. You think I was joking? <laughs> You, 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 you think I was joking, Chevrolet, when I told you when I told you that I've listened to your podcast? I wasn't doing that to be patronizing. I close out with Chevrolet is my favorite car too. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Yes. And with that, thank you, that. thank you so Thank you so much. Troubled Jim. Nation. We're gonna. Lindsay said her father's yeah. car was her favorite Chevrolet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, Renee. I you know I gotta go. Uh, I gotta work well, tomorrow. Catlin. You're you're one of my favorite redheads. Me too. Me yeah. too. And I got two redheads. Derek yeah. Bridges, you got an A plus when Cat's not around. He's got a powerful set of hair too, man. I like that. Yeah, he he looks like yeah, you do. Yeah, look at that hair. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good looking he's, boy. Yeah, good looking exactly. Boy. Anyway, you, uh, we don't see your hair. No, but he's you, the man uh, in the red beret. Oh, okay. Well, you and got he's a, got a full yeah, set of hair. Yeah, you got a great head of Beautiful hair there. Hair. I love it. Yeah. Jeez, um, I'm sorry. What's your name again? I am the Silver Fox. <laughs> okay. Well, Renee, uh, I, I got to get to work tomorrow yeah, okay. morning. Well, you know? As we like to say in the Troubled Men podcast, yeah. uh, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. And thank you to our guest. Uh, Jude Acres. Jude Acres, yes. It's been wonderful, Manny Jude and Renee. Jude Acres is the place to be. <laughs> and remember at all times. <laughs> Chess living is the life for The iguanas me. live. The iguanas I like live. like a penthouse view. Sorry, Magnolia. I love uh, all the Jews. Is Manny running for mayor? <laughs> Renee, is, is Manny going to run for mayor? Is he really? Oh, of course. Okay. He's going to win. He's going to run till he wins. All right. Uh, good night. Looking for my daddy inside that bar Mama said, baby, wait for me in the car Sat and let the music wash over me KPLS and KFRC Plastic silver nine-volt heart Click it on and let the music start the radio was my toy The radio was my toy She was 20 and I was 16 years old Sitting in a parked car on a country road Running my fingers through her long black hair Staples singing, baby, I'll take you there Plastic silver nine-volt heart Click it on and let the music start The radio was my toy
dishes long after midnight Talking about the evening news with my wife Baby wakes up and he starts to cry I turn the radio on low for his lullaby Plastic silver nine-volt heart Click it on and let the music start The rain 